Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. How do you do? Welcome to episode 73 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And we're coming post-game from BC Place. You can always tell that because you hear the air conditioning in the background. But another home game for the Whitecaps. More points dropped. That's five points lost at home in the last two matches. 2-0 draw with FC Dallas today, Steve. Just general initial thoughts on the match. It was a uh, strong start. They, they they pushed forward a little bit at the beginning. Actually, they pushed forward throughout the whole game. But I don't think attacking-wise was an issue. The midfield was strong. I think they were probably the strength of the team. And it was disappointing. It's, it's not the, that they gave up, that they, it was a 2-2 draw. It's the way they gave up the goals. And that was the biggest disappointment. They came up uh, strong with that, that that first goal. Maddox, it was a beautiful setup too. Uh, it, it came from Kofi too, even though Morales did a nice layoff and everything like that. And Kofi ma- found Maddox making a perfect run, perfectly timed. Stephen Keel was slipped a little bit there and allowed Maddox to make that run in between the two center backs. They came up with a three-five-two, which was surprising. We'll talk about that later, but. It, that was a nice goal and got Maddox off. And we thought maybe Maddox might get a lot of confidence there and maybe put a couple more. But the thing with Maddox is, and we've seen it before, when he's on a, a run of goals, when he's had a couple behind him, he plays. I mean, he said after the game, and we'll, we'll hear some audio later, that he's always confident, no matter whether he's scoring three goals in three games or not. But he does play with a bit more confidence, a bit more of a swagger, and tries to do less when he has got the goal because he doesn't feel he has as much to prove so he he becomes more of a team player then and he'd had a great chance just before that goal where Fernandez did the one-handed save don't really know how much he knew about that because the sun was beating right down into his face I think at that time he he put on the hat for a while too yeah Um, and then just a minute later he finds the back of the net sweet through ball by Gershon Kofi who I actually thought was he was in my top three for men of the match today I thought Kofi had a fantastic game but beautiful through ball, lovely finish by Matix. Confident was there. Whitecaps were dominating, and you just never thought that they were going to be in any trouble. Dallas didn't seem to pose any problems at all. And then 29th minute, bang, Dallas are back in the game. And it was, uh, once again, we talked about it during the game. You can't allow those crosses to get in. Stephen Bettishore, he's not, uh, we're going to go on a little bit of rant, probably both of us right now, because we were doing it during the game. He's not going forward. 
And then he allows a defensive gaffe like that where he's allowing somebody to get to the end line, cross it in. And then we'll talk about the other half where Zach Lloyd, who is the other wing back, is a, has a free header yeah, there. It just ghosts into the box. And like we, we watched the, the replay of the goal at half time. And yeah, Beta Sure, really poor over on the right there. Two goals in two games have basically you can kind of pin on him. This one, he allowed that cross in. He really should have done better there. But also Zach Lloyd, you're watching the replay and I'm not, I'm still not really sure who was meant to be marking him. The nearest man when he started his run into the box was Fernandez. Yeah, Fernandez basically did like, like you. It's he didn't either track Fern- back at all. It's either Fernandez or Harvey because there's only one guy out there wide because they're, like I said, they're playing a 3-5-2. But he kind of came in more through the middle yeah. and for me, that's where Kofi or Labas should have well, been. The problem is everybody collapsed into the box and there's only like, there were yeah, only there five two, or six And there was guys. only two guys there so I, I'm not sure why they don't space out in the box to cover more area. They seem to, like if that ball, I think it happened against the LA Galaxy where, where uh, the goal, I'm, I'm going to say that Ishizaki goal where he headed in he had a free header from like 10 yards out or something like that everybody had gone into that 6 yard area and there was nobody else in the box it just seems to happen too often where there seem to when somebody's making it to the byline that they all move with the ball instead of keep holding their ground and making sure that everything else is covered yeah they don't watch the runners and I've lost count I'm going to try and go back and work this out I don't know how many goals we have lost this year to free headers, either directly because the guy heads the ball in or he sets up someone else to score. I mean, there's no way Lloyd should have had that space to, to get that header. Crashed it off the bar, fantastic header. But then you have five or six white caps in the box surrounding Blas Perez, but despite that, he still has all the time in the world to actually chest the ball down and then volley it into the roof of the net from four yards oh, out. Chest it down and take a look before he puts yeah. that. It bounced off the I, ground. You've I got believe. all those guys around oh, him. Somebody has to. No, it, didn't, it didn't bounce off the ground. It no. hit his chest. He brought it down beautifully. Because yeah. initially he was going to header it. And then I thought, I think he thought to himself, hey, I've got tons of time here. Yeah, exactly. Brought it down, picked where he wanted to hit it in the roof of the net, and not one white cap tried to even put a challenge in there. It's basically ball following. They, they followed the ball to the end byline. The ball got back to Lloyd. They all started going towards Lloyd, and then everybody forgot about the guys in there. Then the ball goes to Perez, and he's got time because everybody's over there watching what Lloyd did. So it's 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 unbelievable. I'm just shocked that, you know, Ousted has had a decent season, and he hasn't got help in clearing the box as much as people want. Like, impossible to understand where their acumen is in the box. and Because you get other teams... The Whitecaps, we're going to talk about this, they had like 30 chances on net, or 30 attempts on target, and a number of those got blocked. 30 attempts on goal. 30 attempts, 30 on, attempts goal. on target yeah, is yeah, what I'd love nice. to see. Yeah, 30 attempts on goal, but a lot, quite a few of them hit the target, I think. There was nine on target altogether. Which is not too bad. Uh, but the the fact is that most of those didn't get to the target because there were so many blocks. Like, there were... There were Around the, in the, around the box, and they seemed like always an FC Dallas player in front of that shot. They, they never seemed to be able to get a clean shot on that. Well, that, that's I, I want to give Dallas some credit here. Yeah. There, there was something that happened. It was either just coming into stoppage time or in stoppage time. And for me, it kind of summed up how Dallas had played today. Pedro Morales, who was outstanding. We'll talk about individual players after we hear some audio. But 
Pedro Morales lined up for a shot, and I think it was Stephen Keel threw himself in front of it from just like a couple of yards away, and that would have hurt. But that's what defenders need to do. That's what defenders do against the Whitecaps, and that is not what the Whitecaps defenders are doing against the, the opponents. And they're, they're, they're giving too many goals away. I, I described it on Twitter before that the Whitecaps were masters of their own downfall. And uh, a couple of people, one of them was like our, our good friend David Norman, he had challenged that to say, well, what do you mean by that? And for me, it's the case of like Real Coker giving away two penalties, stupid penalties in the box. Demerit gave away stupid penalties. Carlisle Mitchell, who I, I think was honouring Jay Demerit today by giving away a stupid penalty in the box. Thanks, Captain. Those stupid penalties, sending off the, the home games that we've lost against Colorado and against Chivas... They were lost because we had a guy sent off, masters of our own downfall. We don't mark players in the box, we let them get free headers, masters of their own downfall. We saw it again today, and it was that penalty from Carlisle Mitchell that gave Dallas the lead. What was he doing? I don't know, it was just a brain cramp at that point. I, I, well, I, I mean, Eisted's I, I reaction afterwards, where we won't swear because then we have to mark the whole podcast as its parental advisory, but... If you lip read ousted afterwards, he use was your basically saying, head. "Yeah, what is in that head of yours?" Yeah. He pointed his head. Well, he could have said, "Use your fudging head," as in mentally use it, and then also physically use yeah. it. Because if he if he headed it with his head, it wouldn't have been a penalty, True. obviously. But why? <laughs> why would jump with your arm like that? No, I don't. And know. apart from anything else, ousted's coming out as well. Yeah. After the game, we'll hear the audio about that. Ousted was still quite, quite frustrated and kind of fuming at it. D- do you blame? Eisted for maybe not coming out and taking out his own player with a punch? Or is he just not expecting Carlisle to do something like that? I, I think I, I personally don't think he was even looking at Carlisle. I think he was tracking the ball the whole way when the ball was coming out. Because you have to be able to track the ball because you're close to the edge of the box too. So if you're not watching the ball, you might actually catch it outside the box and they get a red card and you're out for the game. The, the other interesting thing as well, if you watch the, the replay... When the ball then breaks free after hitting Mitchell's arm, the referee hasn't quite pointed to the spot right yet. Yeah, Eusted's chasing the ball down and he's shaking his head because he knows it's a penalty. He yeah. knows it's going to get blown and he's just like shaking his head. Then it is blown and he just turns around and goes straight for Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, and he gave him a good tongue lashing there. Yeah, um, I, like I said, yeah, I don't think he's. I, I don't think he saw the ball. I mean, I, I don't think he saw Mitchell. I think he was just tracking the ball and it's just it. He, I think Mitchell is the one that probably no, noticed Elstead coming at the last second, and that's why he tried to cover himself. But I still understand why you would bring your hand up that high. Uh, obviously, Maradona got Maradona got away with it back in the '86 World Cup, but definitely Mitchell did not get away with it, and it cost the Whitecaps. Well, then someone else that didn't get away with it was Moises Hernandez, who yeah. equally gave away a stupid handball to to let the Whitecaps then get back in it and, and get the penalty. Now we, we debated this during the game and you we've both watched the replay and we're still we're still not in agreement over it. I don't think it was in the box. No, I think it was outside the box as well, I agree. I was just saying it to buggy during the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was very close to being on right on the line, yeah. but I, it was it was a it was a break that the White Caps deserved after the way that some of the calls have gone. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that referee Kevin Stott was the guy that called the two penalties against Portland down there for for that game. So he obviously likes the dramatic pointing to the spot and running to it. So he got to do that again twice today. But Morales finished that beautifully, two all. And then 
you had you felt the Whitecaps were just going to go on and win it. They had so many chances after that to win it, and they just could not finish. I totally agree with you there. There was just like Maddox had chances, Fernandez had chances, Fernandez's chance. That was kind of a little disappointing because I blame Maddox for that. Maddox had a little, little part because Maddox, there was no other option for Fernandez in order, but just to chip it because he couldn't take it the other way because he would have clattered into Maddox easily because Maddox was just coming for some reason right at him while he was trying to control the ball. So instead of moving into an open space, so I mean, I, as regular listeners will know, we've been on or I've been on uh, Maddox is back for most of this season. Start to give him a break. I loved his work rate today, but those chances, you cannot keep missing that, chances like that. He had that one in the first half that was empty net where, oh, where yeah. he side-footed into the side netting. And he did hold his hand up after the game yeah. and said that he should have taken those chances and he was guilty more than most of not taking the chances. Yeah. So before we speak about some individual players, let's hear some audio now. We're going to hear from Whitecaps head coach Carl Robinson. Goalkeeper David Ousted, goal scorer and goal misser Darren Maddox, and a little bit of a semi-English, semi-translated interview from Pedro Morales, our new captain, who doesn't understand Scottish questions. It would seem. But anyway, here's some Whitecaps audio. So, Carol, disappointed to lose two points, or happy that you fought back to take one? Uh, disappointed we lost two points. I think <laughs> there was only one team going to win that game. You know, even at half-time, I still had full confidence in the guys because I think we played very well for an hour. Well, the first half an hour of the game, we switched off mentally twice. Concentration levels weren't good enough the last 15 minutes of the first half. And we dug ourselves a little bit of a hole. But I said to him at half-time, you've just got to remain positive, focused, and you'll get back in it. And I think, you know, second half, I think we had numerous chances to maybe win the game, not just tie the game, and we're disappointed. Carl, you said about concentration lapses. Yeah. Uh, no, no, he, he hasn't. And, you know, I think it's a mistake, you know, whether it's a communicational mistake or whatever, but, you know, it's a bad decision. Um, I think he knows it. Obviously, they, we got punished for it. So we'll take it on the chin. It's not ideal, but, you know, I think you look at it. And I said to him at halftime, it's, it's how you rebound and how you react. And I thought in the second half, he was excellent after, you know, saying, making a mistake. I think whether it was him or David, the communication needs to be better, but you rebounded very well. Coach Darren Maddox scored the pretty goal, but he could have had at least two more. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I think there's three or four players that could have scored a couple of goals today, and you know it's it's quite ironic. I sit here and you know quite positive, and with a performance, I am. You know, but I'm disappointed we didn't you know score more than two goals, and I think we had 20 plus shots in the game, and. You know, when we don't have that many shots, then you're not going to score many goals. But when you have that many shots, you, you're probably likely to need in three or four goals. In a tight race like you are in the Western Conference here, obviously not losing is good, but like you say, not getting two more points. Yeah, would... uh, it depends which way you want to spin it. I'm not going to spin it in any way. I think we should have won the game. I'm disappointed we didn't win the game. Uh, we're still in the mix, you know, which hopefully we will be as you know the next few home games come. And if there's four or five games to go and we're still in the mix, then... You know, I'll be more than happy, but disappointed today. A lot of the points that uh, you've dropped at home, especially it's like you're masters of your own downfall, penalties yeah. given away, sending offs. Yeah. As, as a coach, yeah. what can you do, though, to stop players doing that? I don't know. Good question. Um, if, you, if you know, let me know. Uh, it's, it's one of them because, you know, I try and remain calm and, you know, cre- credit to the guys in there. They give me everything. 
they really really give me everything and I can't ask any more and you know it's, it's a fine line this game it really is between winning and losing I think you see that today and you know we're that close yeah but we're that far so you know we'll just move on you know, it's, like I said, it's a big game. Uh, I'll learn. I'll analyse the game tonight. I probably won't sleep till three o'clock in the morning because I'll watch it and think about we could have scored five, six goals. But, you know, we haven't. So we'll get back to the drawing board tomorrow. Hey, guys. Frustrating, David? Uh, yeah, that's uh, a mild word for it. Can you talk to us about the communication on the, uh, on that second goal? Um, yeah, it, uh, I tried uh, to hit a quick one up to Pedro and, and they read in and put it back in, in, in high and I go out and, and, and call for it and, and Mitchell, well, doesn't hear me and, and we can see the, uh, a PK on that. Um, just the small things again that just we, we can't allow. He almost scored on you in the second half too. How, uh, how, how quick a reaction did you have to have on that one? Um, yeah. Um, Mitchell was a little bit unlucky on that, uh, went off his shin, and uh, I just know I always have to be ready, and uh, luckily I, I was there. These are the things, like, obviously it's not a loss, but it's really not, it's the, this tie hurts in a lot of ways, doesn't it? Like, um, it's a game at home game. It, it hurts like a loss, uh, it does, because uh, I think uh, we deserve more out of this one. Uh, the chances we're creating, uh, the offensive play we have uh, is, is tremendous. Uh, I can only uh, tip my hat to the guys up front for doing a, a, a lot of good work. Uh, but we need to put the chances away and we need to be uh, sounder and not give away um, goals that we've been giving away this game. Is there a reason why the ties are reoccurring? Can you break through in future games? Like I, like I said, it's, it's the little things, both defensively and offensively. Um, we need to be sounder down there. We need to, to communicate better, and uh, we need to put away the chances. Uh, I'm still positive of the way uh, we get into the chances. I think the guys up front are doing a tremendous job of creating the chances. We just need that little, that little edge to, to put them away. You guys feel this is one that got away in the day? Yeah, most definitely. I think it's two points dropped, especially at the moment. Um, scoring two goals, I think we should be, I think we're a good enough team to get three points, especially just scoring two goals. But it's a team effort, you know, so we win as a team, we lose as a team, we tie as a team, you know, so we just got to bounce back. It's a quick turnaround. Practicing tomorrow, eating off of Chicago, trying to get three points there. Obviously, the one in the first half when you had the open net, that was going to haunt you a little while. Mm, for a bit. Yeah, I think I had enough time to take a touch and probably like blast it past the keeper or the defenders, you know. But that's definitely something I'm going to look back and take forward. You've scored now uh, three games in the trot. What, what does that do for your confidence? Mm, I'm always a confident guy. <laughs> so if I'm scoring or not, it's in the, everyone enjoys my confidence. But it just goes to show me and everyone that hard work does pay off because I'm been working extremely hard um, for the team offensively, defensively in practice. And I guess so far a goal a game in these last three games isn't bad. What do you feel this team needs to do? I mean, you're creating a lot of chances, but you're mm. just not finishing them. What, what, what is it that's stopping the team putting the ball in the net? Mm, I don't know. I mean, we're creating so many chances, and I think um, we just need to be a bit more composed, especially myself. I poke my hand up, and I think the guys got a couple of chances out there to break the game. You know, but um, that's soccer. You know, sometimes I'm sure there's going to be a couple, go a couple games this season where we're probably going to score four or five goals. You know, I can't just feel it. You know, but um, we just got to move forward. As I said, it's a quick turnaround. So, Pedro, thoughts on the game? What? Thoughts on the game? Can you say? Pensamientos sobre partido. I think it's a, a good game, but in the in the first half, maybe. 
15 minutes the concentration I'm two goals but uh, in the second half the change uh, attitude the the pressure the team and and I think the uh, maybe maybe one two goals and and win here in the house but it's it's important winning house the a number of chances created once again what what do you feel this team needs to do to start taking these chances and, and finding the back of the net? ¿Entiendes o no? Me pregunta por la, las chances sí, que queremos. Para las oportunidades, mucho, uh, crea muchas oportunidades, pero no marca gol. Sí. Eh, ¿Qué necesito <coughs> para marcar gol? Que entre la pelota. <laughs> no, es claro, ¿no? Just put the ball in the net. <laughs> Porque. Too many opportunities of the goal. Uh, maybe 10 chances. In the game, but uh, goalkeeper today is very good. Is it frustrating? You had a chance to gain ground in the standings. One point helps, but three points would have been better. Denis, no. In this moment, in the league, is an opportunity to aument a position, but only one point. Yes, I think we lost a great opportunity to get up there. Llevamos tres partidos empatando, dos de visita, pero creo que hoy día merecimos quizá ganar el partido porque yo creo que buscamos más el gol que ellos. Well, it's uh, yeah, we want to keep improving, but you know, at least we didn't lose the game and uh, it's you know, the, we keep drawing these games. We got we got he thinks that we have to uh, or you know, we have to take advantage and win some. So as you can gather from that, it was frustration, disappointment and quite quite rightly so because it is two points dropped. It's not so much a fight back and earning a point, it's two points dropped against a team that basically them and Colorado and the Whitecaps are the three teams that I expect to be battling it out for fourth, fifth spot and these are the games that you have to win especially at home. Whitecaps have only beaten Dallas now, it's once in nine MLS games, definitely a bit of a bogey team. So we talked about some of the performances Talked about Darren Matic. So, Steve, anyone else that you kind of want to just highlight just now? Um, I think we, t- we talked about a couple of guys that really impressed us. Um, Pedro Morales and Christian Kofi. They seem to really be on the ball, especially when they connected quite a bit in the midfield. Because I think Kofi was pushing up quite a bit today. And they seem to be on the same page quite a bit. And it, it, it's, it, I think Morales' play is really elevating Kofi at this point and I think he's going to get better and better as as the year goes on as I said earlier big fan of Kofi today he was definitely one of my men of the match I thought he was a beast at times and yeah he'd linked up well with Morales Fernandez actually linked up well with Morales yeah. a few times he was be some nice, yeah, yeah some nice little flicks back and forward and it's good to see Sebastian doing that it must be so frustrating for Seba and Nico but like mainly Seba he's in and out of the team so much that it's hard for him to find a groove and find that style. And, and basically, when he comes in, one game is good, maybe the next game he's not, then he gets dropped and he gets brought in again. That's hard. I think, I think a lot of it for him especially has to do with being his first year, travel and everything like that. He can't be capable of playing a solid game every game. Um, Pedro Morales seems to be getting over that now, although he didn't even... Uh, factor in the RSL game. He played mostly in the TFC game when they had two games. So we'll see if he actually starts against Chicago. We'll see. We'll talk about that later. But uh, one of the guys I think on the back end, I think the their best player on the back line was was uh, Johnny Leveron. 
I think mostly because there were no mistakes or maybe because Mitchell was so poor that that, that Levron actually looked decent. But I thought he, he was good on the ball. He got the ball up to the the, the wide areas and, and transferred it up to Morales. And they, it seems to be a good connection going up the spine right now with, with Levron, Kofi, Lava, and Morales. Yeah, I thought thought they all did really well. And Leveron and O'Brien, I think it's going to be the centre-back partnership that we see going forward unless someone else comes in. Um, I think Carlisle had his chance. Carl said after the game, he was talking at, there was a season ticket holders event after the game, and he kind of indicated that we're going to see Andy O'Brien sooner rather than later. So yeah. I, I took that to mean immediately Wednesday. And that he had wanted to give... He, he said he wanted to be fair to the players. And he had told both Mitchell and Leveron that if they played well, he would keep them in the team. Yeah. And obviously, O'Brien understands that. He's frustrated as well because he wants to play. But he, he gets that. But O'Brien's going to get his chance now. And I think barring... I, I think if we can see O'Brien and Leveron playing really, really well, I feel that curtails the need to bring a centre-back in during this window. And, and we're ragging on Mitchell quite a bit today. I think it, I, I don't think he had a horrible game. I think he had one mm. horrible play. I, I don't think well, it was. He also had that one in the second half, but he nearly scored in his. Oh, own that hit. was more of a deflection where he was trying to clear it, and actually Elsted came up and gave him a high five after that one. So he wasn't mad about that at all. That's something he's supposed to do: try to get the foot on the ball. But I don't think like I, I, I think the the one play does compensate for everything else, but. I don't think he had a, like a disastrous game at all. He did also show what he brings at the other end of the pitch when he crashed that header off the bar. Yeah. And that's what I love from And you're Carlisle not going to get that from O'Brien or Leveron, I don't think. Or any centre-back that we seem to have had at the club yeah. since we joined MLS. No. Maybe Maluda Clue. He, he could put himself about a bit. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, he did play in the last, that's right. So since actually, before we look at some of the other players, we put a thing out on Twitter as to what the biggest need for the white cap was in this transfer window. Should it be bringing in a centre-back to replace Demerit? Or should it be to bring in a striker that can finish these 30-odd chances that we're creating? So I'll just read you some of the tweets that we've had just now. AFTN writer Aaron Campbell, who you can also hear on the preview podcast with Steve, he said, after what happened this game, a quality centre-back is needed more than a striker. We created chances. Those will turn into goals, giving up way too many easy chances with our back four. Benjamin Massey, at Lord underscore Bob, he says he wants to see a Canadian. Simeon Jackson is available. I think we should maybe look at some Chileans because I, I think they do quite well in Canada. Seems like it. Um, Nick Wells of at Nick Wells Y. Um, or, or Wellsy. Wellsy. Or you could say that too. <laughs> I'd still place a striker ahead of a centre back. Hurtado isn't good enough as an out and out striker. Maddox is too inconsistent. At Frank Frankerton. He replied to Aaron's tweet saying that the emphasis there is on created. The team isn't a sim- simple fix away. It's a two-player minimum before we can compete in the playoffs. He says it's going to be next year. Yeah, I, I, I have points about that in a second here. Richard Baldry at R Baldry. Striker for sure, there will always be defensive slips, but with someone burying even half of today's chances, three points in the bag. That's a very good point. Yeah, to- totally agree with that. I mean, we talked about it just before we started recording this. When you looked at the bench yeah. and you saw it was Omar Salgado and Kikuta Mani. There's no fear. No. 
so for the for the opposing team for sure. Manny's kind of living on this reputation of what he did against Seattle at yeah. the end of last year. He's been pretty bad in the last few games when he's been a starter. He has looked, obviously looked better when he's come on as a sub, but, but today, his confidence looks gone. No, today he had nothing going no, forward. Nothing, he, nothing at all. And Salgado's hardly played so much that folk are like, yeah, he's, he's just his man. Yeah. And when he comes on three minutes into stoppage time, what's he meant to do? No. He created a couple of decent chances. I've liked Carroll's early substitutions, and I've not been critical really of Carroll's substitutions at all this year. He got it wrong today. Yeah. There's no way that he should not have brought Salgado on earlier. Well, it could have been also that maybe they're saving. Maybe these guys are going to get starts against Chicago. That that's why they didn't do early subs for this one. Possibly. Now at Mitch J Williams, the one wolf, he said, "Well, we lost two class strikers in six months, and the kids haven't seized chance. Jay's signing was a mistake." And O'Brien is available, so he doesn't feel that there's any need to bring in at centre-back. At PCG, Peter Gibson, he says that we need more Scottish players. I agree with that. Peter is Scottish. He, he says in particular there should be more Fifers. Now, in reply to uh, Peter Gibson's tweet, we got a response from David Muir. Now, people won't know who David Muir is, but Div Muir is an East Fife legend. He scored the goal that kept East Fife from getting relegated two seasons ago. Unfortunately, we could have done with him this season when we did get relegated. So he's over, he's been playing in the CSL and he's been playing um, over in Ontario. So he said for 20k a week, he'll be there. Caps and PR status in Canada, please. Actually, a lifetime supply of Iron Brew will do him instead. So we'll, we'll get on the phone, we'll speak to Rob Owen, Gordon Forrest, get these Fife connection going. We'll get Div Muir over to the White Caps. Great central defender, by the way. Dave Hall at Dave Hall 111, and somebody who should follow because he does break some news uh, early in the mornings. Striker first, then center back. We can live with the occasional defensive lapse if we are scoring on our chances created. At TDA Stephen, Taylor DA Stephen said, There was so much right today. We created chances, recycled possession, and drove the game most of the time. I guess you have to examine the two times they conceded today, a free header in the box and a centre-back goalkeeper collision calamity. A new centre-back is then. El Canaco at El Canaco. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right at all. I apologise if not. Many priorities. Striker and backline. Leveron decent. Needs a partner. Beta show poor lately. Totally agree with that. And needed upgrade for, at El left-back for ages. I think he means for future or something like that. But Sam McGrooby, I think he is the future at left back. For yeah, that. and and like Carol kind of indicated that when he was talking again to the season ticket holders, he said Christian Dean will get his chance, but he also said that he feels that that, that Christian isn't a left back yeah. and that Sam McGrooby is the left back. I think talking about Christian Dean and just talking about a player that would fit with Leveron, a Christian Dean with two years experience or two or three years maybe two, maybe a year's experience of playing that would be a perfect match for Leveron because you want somebody that's a little hard nose a little athletic uh, can get up in the ball and, and uh, all we're missing is that experience in that player I, that's I, what we need to kind of kind of center back that we need to partner with Leveron I love Christian Dean and that's that's the problem with him not playing this year yeah. send him down to Charleston do something he needs to get these we, minutes in now we don't know if he was going to get minutes in Charleston they're very weird there they're, they're, yeah. they don't want to play any I'm not really sure what's happening down there yeah. um, Mark Daly from the from the Backline podcast at Mark J Daly he answered Dave Hall's earlier tweet and said yep 
He'd have to agree with him. It's a chicken and egg scenario, but the lack of goal scoring is a big issue. Vancouver Armada, though, at Vancouver Armada on Twitter, they said the correct answer is both. Yes, if they can get it. So well done, he wins the prize. And then Mike Johnson at M Johnson Poker says striker. If only to keep Morales from bolting on another on account of no one finishing his plethora of setups. He must be frustrated. Yeah, he 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 is. You can kind of tell that when he gets frustrated, he then tries to do more on his own. I loved some of his stuff that he brought today. The keepy uppies that he did a couple of times. Once to keep the ball in, once on the edge of the Dallas box. Yeah. That's that's confidence and class and. The thing is, he backs that swagger up because he was in, he was firing off some tremendous shots left, right, and center. It was one of them that he did do, and then uh, two seconds later, Hurtado tried to make a move into the box, and he actually tripped over the ball, which is just shows it. There was actually box. twice that Pedro had done a really nice build yeah. up, and then the ball went to Eric, and then Hurtado fell over. Yeah, and I think that kind of basically just sums up. I mean, let's talk about Hurtado. Yeah. He's on a slump. Yeah, he just he seems to have that one move and it, it, it is not, and he's not even connecting with anybody up there either. He's just like not able to send in a cross. He just seems to be out of position right now. They need to figure out a good position for him. Um striker even he's he's he seems to be slumping when he was playing up there and they tried to put him on a wing today. Yeah, and he had a bit of hustle today, and I said that early on that I, I quite liked that he was he was showing tenacity. I'd rather he showed decent ball control though and finished to put the ball in the net. But since the World Cup break, it's felt like he hasn't had a sniff, he hasn't had yeah. a chance. Or the last home game against Chivas, he did have that one chance that suddenly sprung into my mind that he that he completely messed up. Um, but he's just not had a chance. I think it's time to sit him, and I think it's time to, I don't know, what to do. Maybe really. you have to bring in Mane or Tiber. Tiber, why was it? Put Tiber on the right. Put Fernandez on the left. Because Fernandez was something. on the left today. Yeah, and that might be the way to go forward now. They need decent service into the box, and that's why, like you were talking about, center back and striker. I think they need somebody to play the wide areas too. If they're going to play the four-two-three-one, get a pure. Player, a player that can deliver the ball into the box and be able to attack the attack the box. You look, you look at some of the players that other teams have. Get like like there's that one recent player. He didn't make it to this game because maybe visa issues. But Andres Escobar, I guarantee you, he didn't cost FC Dallas very much, and they were able to bring him in. And he seems to be a, a fantastic threat on the wing. And why aren't they able to bring these guys in? Why do they keep forcing strikers into that? into those wide areas. Like, Fernandez is a good option to have out there, but you just can't have one. You have to have two, at least, if not three. Well, I, I like listening to, to Carol Robinson when he was talking to the season ticket holders because someone was asking about players coming in during the transfer window, and he was talking about the importance of having somebody that can finish those chances. And he said it would be great if the Whitecaps had somebody, a, a David Villa kind of character, and then kind of threw this loaded open question over to Greg Anderson by saying, wouldn't it, Greg? Now, you can read between the lines. Maybe we're just adding a little bit too extra on here. But to me, that's that's Carol saying, you need to open the checkbook. If you want this team to get deep in the playoffs, you have to spend some money. And do they have that money to spend? Is our ownership group wealthy enough to splash that kind of cash? Obviously, MLS pay a lot of the contract as well. But, I mean, do they have the necessary funds to bring in a top-quality guy that's going to finish these chances? And they've been talking about this guy, the, the Ghanaian guy that was in Sweden on loan to Turkey. Oh, that's not going to happen. 
Why would you even look at bringing in a, a no-name guy? Did you well, not learn your lesson from Jarju? No, I understand that, but how many? I think maybe they scouted him and they liked what he saw. Because if you look at it, Morales, I know a lot of people in Europe knew about him, and maybe some of the people that fa- followed the Liga knew about him. But he wasn't a big, you know, name brand type of player. I think they don't even need to bring in a DP for these roles. They just need to bring in somebody that could be another option off the bench or or even starting. There are cheaper options. You do not need to splash huge amounts of cash every time. I, I kind of agree with that. Um, but for a striker, I would like them to try and push the boat out and get somebody 30, 28, anything like that would be ideal. But somebody that has got experience of being a regular finisher in a top league doesn't have to be like the EPL, Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, but just a top division somewhere in the world that can regularly finish. For centre-back, I think it'd be a waste to, to splash money and bring in a, a DP at that position. I would, though, like to see them splash some cash and try and, I've said this before, make a play to bring Aurelian Collin in from Kansas City. He's not going to get a DP contract there now because they've got all their DPs. Matt Belzer, yeah. And I, I love what Colin brings to the table, and he is just the guy I want at centre-back. There's got to be more players like that that can play the position. Oh, there will be. Yeah, I, I so just, I'm, a, I'm just a, a big a fan Colin of the type. Yeah, but a Colin type could also work too. So before we kind of wrap up the this game, we'll hear a little bit from the Dallas dressing room. But before that, the difference maker today wasn't Carlisle Mitchell with his handball. For me, it was Dallas goalkeeper Raul Fernandez. He kind of stood in his head today. And we're going to hear a little bit from Kyle Robinson on his thoughts on Fernandes. And then we'll hear a little bit from David Ousted as well on what he thought of his fellow keeper. The finish was off at times, but Fernandes was pretty good in Dallas goal, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was, and he rebounded very well after uh, getting kicked on the head. I think he made some unbelievable saves after that, which was credit to him. Um, but no, he made some good stops. You know, that, a disappointing thing I said to the guys in there as well is, but, you know, I think he's made five or six shots from the edge of the box where he's palmed them out and we've had no one in that area to maybe tap him in. And if you're a centre forward with a good instinct, you get five, six goals in there a season. Um, so we've got to improve on that. At the other end, for Fernandes had a fantastic second half. As, as a goalkeeper, do you appreciate a performance like that from an opponent? Uh, definitely. Uh, it irritates me first and foremost because uh, I like the goals. But no, he had some great saves. Uh, I said that to him after the game as well that I thought he had a, had a great game. And uh, he definitely uh, kept them in it. So some fair, honest thoughts on Raul Fernandez's performance there. He was definitely a difference maker today. I thought he was immense in that second half. He, he, he really brought his A game to this game. And we've seen it before with the White Whitecaps. We had it with Pineda for, for LA. And now we've got it from Fernandez as well. And when you've got a keeper that's playing that well, finishing those chances, it's tough. That's why you really have to try and, and take any opportunity presented to you. And the Whitecaps didn't do that today. But Dallas will be happy to leave this game with a point. They would have been happy going into it if they got away with a point. They didn't play too defensively, I didn't think. I I, I just think it was more a case that the Whitecaps didn't let them play. And then when they did go forward, Blas Perez looked his usual dangerous self. And I liked their 3-5-2. I think it worked well. And afterwards, you spoke to Oscar Perea about that in the Dallas dressing room. And you had a word with a couple of the other guys as well. Well, uh, we talked to Oscar Pereira about about the game itself. He was very blunt on his thoughts on the penalty that was called against them. And also, he spoke about uh, uh, another player we talked to, Tesho Akindele. And 
what his future is and where he's come from and basically what his chances are national team. And then we talked to the player himself and also uh, asked him about you know his thoughts on the game and uh, does he feel Canadian and would he be interested in a national team call-up? Well, let's hear that audio just now from the Dallas locker room. Coach, your overall thoughts on the match? Uh, good match. Uh, I think uh, that we shared halves. The first one was all ours. Second one for them. Uh, McCoy, I said, um, he scored a second goal in the PK that it wasn't. It was outside, and uh, and then uh, and then it hurt us. Uh, we came up to fight three points, and at the end, with uh, the option that we had, also, and 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 that one played, uh, for sure, we will walk out with our three points. So it's a great job for our players. Uh, great sacrifice with. Uh, uh, certain uh, difficulties that we have prior to the game and, and within the game, get, bringing Matt uh, out of, uh, of the field because of the injury uh, that hurt us too in the second half. But but it was a good match. It's you we played against a good team and, and, and we're good. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is the first time you played a three-five-two t- uh, today this year. Well, we have done it. We have past? done it in the past. Yeah, we well, did was it. Was there a reason why you brought it out against the Whitecaps? No, no, no. It was, was just a, just yeah, a plan. Yeah, it's a plan. Okay. It, it was a plan for us. And you though. stayed with it even though you lost Matt, Matt Hedges. Was, was just something that you want to do against the Whitecaps? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, uh, today the plan and with, after we with Scott and we put all things together, we decided to go with that formation, knowing that we will have uh, options with Blas and Tesho and uh, we wanted to be solid in the middle until we clog what we wanted we made it difficult for them in the middle in the first half second half when Matt came out uh, from the field it took us it took it, it we paid at all for that we, it was harder without Matt in the second half Akindeli, what, what about him? He's a Canadian, obviously from Calgary. Spent most of his time down there. You scouted him. You might have seen him, obviously, when you were coaching in Colorado last year. What, what about his growth from last year to this? Uh, uh, fantastic, uh, a great player, uh, and now becoming becoming a great professional in a very short time. Uh, his adjustments has been in a speed, and then uh, I have to prize him. And, and this is due to uh, the help that he had from uh, his teammates and his team. But uh, he's a great coachable kid, and, and uh, he's, he's doing it. He's doing it. I thought the uh, Canadian national team has for sure a, a great asset there, and we are very proud to have him with our team. Has his growth been surprising at all in such a short period of time? Uh, but you have to answer yes. You always help, but... Uh, the way he is maturing within the games, the, the way the little things that you see in a place you had 10, 12 years in the league and you start seeing it now with him being a rookie, rookie and uh, scoring goals and helping blast tremendously, holding the ball for us, is, is, um, he's doing a huge contribution and I have to prize him. But as, as I say, I thought it's, a, it's the unit and the collective uh, effort that uh, make, make, make him play that well. As the same as uh, the other youngsters, Victor uh, uh, and Moises and, and Walker, uh, guys who are coming from uh, our academy program, and they keep growing. So we're we're proud to put a project there and, and expose them into uh, an atmosphere like today and a great place and uh, against a very good team, and and come walk out with 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 one point uh, at least. As I said at the beginning, I, I thought we deserved uh, more because it, it was it wasn't it, it wasn't PK. Has anybody from the Canadian Soccer Association talked to you to ask a, a little bit about Akindeli and say, you know, how is he progressing? We're thinking about calling him up. Any communication like that at all? Uh, no, 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 not yet. But uh, but 
I know he's exposing uh, uh, every weekend, you know, and and, uh, and I don't have any doubt that uh, he, will, he will keep doing the job here. He will keep maturing as a player, keep growing, and uh, and I think he has a bright bright future for him and and, and, and the team and the national team. Happen. If the Canadian Soccer Association did contact you to get an opinion of, of what, what would you say about? Him? Uh, I, 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 well, know what I have said uh, to you guys. I, I, I thought of, uh, it's a kid who is getting ready for, for uh, the big game uh, every day. When was the last time you played a, a soccer game, amateur or professional, in Canada before today? It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a long time, yeah. Probably like five years or so. Okay. With the Colorado School of Mines? Or? Uh, well, no, that was like when I was 17. I did oh, okay. some national team thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah what you, would you make of the 2-2 draw? Uh, I thought, you know, we could have had a win, especially starting the second half at two to one. We we felt like we were going to win, but at the on the road against a good team, a point is not bad. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of conversation lately, especially with your play and, and how you've uh, you've started this year for the Canadian men's national team. Can you kind of uh, update us on the on the progress there and if they've been in touch with you? I mean, nobody nobody's called me yet. I heard some stuff at the beginning of the season, like they might call me, but nobody's called me recently and. It would just be a good opportunity if they do call me. Your your options are Canada, U.S., and Nigeria? I, mean, I guess so. i got family in Nigeria. I've lived in the U.S. and born in Canada, so pretty international. Yeah. Is there? Are you leaning any way? Has any other federation called you? No, nobody else has called me, so I mean, say I'm leaning towards Canada. Is that something that's a bit frustrating for you, that you haven't been contacted by them? Um, no, not really. I mean, I just... I'm thankful that Canada is kind of, there's a buzz around my name with Canada. I'm just thankful for that more than frustrated with anything else. What do you, uh, what do you owe your, your early season success uh, so far to? Um, just uh, the coaches and the players on my team just allowing me to play and giving me confidence even when I do make a mistake. And just having somebody like Blas Perez to play with, he's been the perfect strike partner for me this season. What are your your kind of feelings toward Canada, or how do you view the country? Obviously, you're, you're uh, born in Canada, but have spent most of your life in the U.S. So, I mean, what are your your feelings toward Canada? I mean, I still came back to Canada every summer, visit my grandparents. I still have a ton of family here, but I mean, I feel pretty Canadian, so I love the country. When, when you were coming up, you had a chance to play with the Colorado Academy. You were recruited there. Um, you decided to go with the academic route with the Colorado School of Mines. Is that maybe the reason why you weren't scouted as much because you were kind of at a lower level school? Yeah, it could have been because you know I didn't get as much exposure. Even before the combine, nobody really knew about me, so I was kind of... You know, no, no, just nobody knew about me because of the school I went to. Well, is, was there any kind of advice that you were given before going into that combine to show, like, in, in, in how to show yourself and still be within a team player? I mean, my coaches and people close to me just said, you know, play like you can. And it's, it's the rest is going to work out. You know, they knew I'm, I'm a goal scorer and I could play well. I'd make it at this level. So they just said, be yourself. Did you ever play at the SFU, uh, travel up here to Burnaby? Uh, sorry, I didn't hear you say SFU, uh, the Simon Fraser University. Did you no, we never played them. Oh, okay. Yeah. We were always out before we played them in the playoffs. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> yeah. They made it pretty far every yeah, year. Final four. Yeah, they did. Yeah. We were usually out by then. Okay, thanks a lot. So interesting stuff from the Dallas locker room there. So let, let's leave this game behind. Let's let's look ahead. The blunderbuss is loaded and they're heading now to Chicago. Frank Yallop, who could have been the White Cats manager, I think the way things have played out, everyone's quite grateful that he isn't. 
But now Chicago, one of the weaker teams in the East. Carl Robinson has talked before about how having dropped points at home, they now need to go and get points on the road, especially a win on the road. Yeah. For me, this is a game they have to win. It's a winnable game, and it all depends on what they do for the lineup too, because there could be a number of players that were on the bench today that could factor into the lineup. Well, Carl hinted at his presser there that there is likely to be more changes for Wednesday. Yeah, I I, I count uh, as many as possibly six changes. Um, I think O'Brien, even before um, the blunder by Mitchell, I think O'Brien had a chance to play in in Chicago. uh, And maybe they just wanted him to play on natural grass so he didn't do anything on the turf. So maybe they wanted to save him for that. Good idea. And then um, a couple of guys in the midfield who could factor in is... uh, Bellucci, Rio Coker, and Tybert. Bellucci had that run against RSL, so maybe they want to give him another run against Chicago. Rio Coker came on as a sub late in the game, so I don't that, know. If that he, was for Stephen Bateshire at right back, but I think anyone they, else. Maybe they, if they don't feel like uh, Morales is going to go, they maybe they bring in a little bit more veteran leadership or something on the on the bench. I keep, think that would be a mistake to bring Rio Coker back in just now. They they just need to get rid of rid of him they just need to get that salary off the books get well, if the player he, out of the club if they keep him away from the box I think they should be fine they just, to know. keep him away from the pitch I think is, yeah. is how they'll be fine <laughs> Tybert I think definitely should should factor into the lineup somewhere whether it's a holding midfield yeah. or Tybert will definitely area. play in this one I would say and then the couple of attacking possibilities is Salgado and Manny who they come on for Hurtado came off hurt so maybe he doesn't get the full start and maybe comes off the bench uh, Maddox might get a rest or something like that but Maddox seems like he would be able to get go uh, in that game because I'd say Hattaro's not going to go in this one Hattaro's going to be dropped from the lineup yeah they don't have a they don't have a game in the upcoming weekend so they can go kind of all out and they don't have to make too many changes but you, you suspect a few changes here and there well the other thing you've got to bear in mind as well and I I, I can't remember exactly how it works with the, the period where it falls off but going into the game against Dallas today you had Gershon Kofi Sebastian Fernandez and Matthias Laba all one yellow card away from a suspension. With a tough home game next time back here on August 10th against Kansas City, you don't want to be missing any of those three players for that. So there's a chance that maybe all three of them could get rested or at least a couple of them. Matty Laba, I don't know, he was rested against RSL. I would want him to play. Gershon Kofi played great today. I kind of wouldn't want him rested either. So I think we might see Fernandez rested and I think we'll see Tiber in and I wouldn't mind seeing Salgado on the left with Matix up front. I think Tiber on the right, Salgado left, Morales in the middle, Matix up front, that excites me. Yeah. And the way that Chicago have been playing, they're ripe for getting t- torn apart. And Darren Matix, we, we played that earlier, he said after the game, some team is in for a hammering. They're going to let in four or five goals against the Whitecaps. I think it could be Chicago. It could be. They, they, they've very much struggled. Uh, they've given up quite a few goals. They, they were supposed to be a strong defensive team. That's usually what Yellow does, especially against, like when he was coaching San Jose, and it's not happening against them. Uh, a couple of guys that you want to watch out for there that they that have done well this year, especially in attacking, is is obviously Mike McGee, last year's uh, uh one of the last year's top scorers. But he's, he's too busy making funny videos yeah. these days. And then uh, one of the young players that you want to watch out for who seems to be scoring a lot is Harrison Ship. Harry Ship yeah. has so impressed me. I mean, he's really in the running, I think, for Rookie of the Year, some for Rookie sure. of the year awards. Yeah. So what's your prediction for the match? I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say 3-0 for the Whitecaps. Unless they have another blunder, then it will say 3-1. I'll say 2-0.
I'll go with that's, that's your kind of standard prediction, <laughs> seems, isn't it? Seems okay. Yeah, I just feel like they're gonna get it. Have we of... ever won a game two now this no, year? Oh, no, okay. I need, I think they need a clean. They, they're gonna get a clean sheet one of these games. I think they're finally gonna figure out what's going on and be able to stop these teams from scoring on them. Well, if, they, if O'Brien comes in and they have a clean sheet, and it's him and Lever on, that's the pairing you're now gonna see yeah. for the rest of the year. Assuming everyone's healthy, although as we said, Cal did say Christian Dean will get a chance. So maybe one of the other away games, he might play Christian at centre back. For sure. So that's that's all for MLS talk. Before we wrap this podcast up, we just have to tip our hat and give a huge well done to Whitecaps under twenty threes, made the PDL Western Conference final four, lost a heartbreaker to FC Tucson on Friday night, ninety fourth minute stoppage time goal. The, the Whitecaps went into that game so missing some key personnel because they were away with the Canadian under-20s at the Milk Cup. Both goalkeepers that had been playing, Nolan Worth and Marco Carducci, they're away with Canada. Reagan Hall was actually on the bench, so it gave Willie Diaz the, the chance for the starting goal. He stood in his head in that game. He was outstanding. Yeah. He got a knock in the corner that led to the goal, and he was really hobbling, and he was in real... St- Real pain, and then the ball came across for the corner. Whether that played a part, he just couldn't come out to it. Header went in, Tucson won 1 0. It was heartbreaking, but the guys did so well. And I really want to see a few of these guys next year in the USL Pro team. I'd like to see Niall Cousins get his chance, Cody Cook, Reynolds Stewart, and Jordan Farahani. He was a stud in that yeah. game against Tucson. He, he, he struggled early in the year, but I think he's really picked it up as as the years gone on. Like like against that Victor- in the Victoria game, he uh, the home game, he, yeah. he didn't look good at all. But he has played well as the years gone on. He was my man of the match against Tucson. He was really really good. And like with the residency talent coming through, if they can give some of these guys chances, yeah. I think it'd be fantastic. My only to see. concern is how much how much of a chance they're going to give to these guys because of the fact that they're a little older. Um, and, and they want to give more time to the younger players like a Bustos or like a Froze and, and stuff like that. And Bustos was available. He played for them on the, in that game. Cause yeah, I, I, what, what really amused me is the Tucson commentators described Marco Bustos as the Chilean under-20 yeah. player. So that brought well, a smile to my face. I, I should mention also that I talked to Marco after the game, after this open practice. And just to give a quick update... Uh, he did not pl- wasn't never planned on playing for uh, Chile in that tournament because he didn't have a passport, so he doesn't a Chilean passport. Chilean passport, yes. Yeah. So he doesn't have uh, he doesn't have one. So he's not playing for play them at this moment. Don't know what's going to happen in the future. I personally think that he's still committed to Canada, and I use this as a kind of a training session to get more information from uh, different coaches and stuff like that. I, I, again, I, I, I'm only speculating on this point. I, an official said something to me. A Whitecaps official said something to me off the record, so I'm not going to mention it because they'll probably hear this. But uh, I, I think I think I think he's going to stick around. I don't think he's going to go. And they just he just they just need time. And people are mentioning he wasn't invited to the Mill Cup. And they have rotations where they bring in certain players, they don't bring in certain players. So Periodization, apparently, yeah. is the official word. And that's nothing to do with Hope So. Yes, nothing to do with Well, that's what, usually what happens to her, I guess. I think that's why she gets so angry. Yeah. Um, so the, so I, think, I think it should be uh, good to go. But overall, the PDL season, just getting back to that, I think 
we'll see. I think Leonard Duzzi did mention to you that they are going to continue with that, even with the USL well, Pro. It's not not confirmed. Not confirmed. They're, they're okay. hoping to still continue yeah. with it because they have a grandfather contract, yeah. which allows them to play professional players in the PDL team. So it's a chance, I guess, then to, to have a look at the college guys. Because we're talking about like Cody Cook and everyone coming in, but there's not a guarantee that they're going to want to give up their courses early to, to play that. No, that's true. And But I think there is an option for uh, CIS players to play uh, with a professional team. That's why they're able to do it without losing eligibility. Um, the, the other option to do with the PDL is to use what we were talking about before and where they bring in American or Canadian NCAA players and make it an amateur team completely. That way they can scout these guys before a draft and get a, get, get, maybe get a, a diamond in the rough down the road. And it might, it might be valuable. A lot of teams do that. Well, they, we've also got the, the Whitecaps residency alumni who's playing NCAA. So, I mean, there, there might be a, a chance for them to come back. And, and play like, minutes. Yeah, just like quit college even and go for the USL Pro team. Yeah, that's true. Um, so before we wrap up the podcast, I just want to wish Kitsap Pumas all the best. They won the Western Conference Final Four. They beat Tucson in the final comprehensively 3-0 Tucson went down to 8 men by the end of the game fantastically well run little club model professionals I'd love to see them going up to USL Pro one day as well so that's it for another episode of the podcast before we wrap up Steve just let everyone know where they can find you online you can find me on Twitter at Speed and occasionally writing for Canadian Soccer News and you can find me on Twitter Michael McCall at AFTN Canada you can read all our stuff, AFTN on Canadian Soccer News, by going to aftn.ca, canadiansoccernews.com. I'm also the beat reporter for the Whitecaps for mlssoccer.com and soccerly.com. So the Whitecaps now moving east. Going to play Chicago, and then there's a little bit of a break for them. They're going to have nine days off. Have to get three points on Wednesday. Let's just hope they can actually take some of these chances they've been creating. So the next time you hear from us, who knows, we might have some new players to talk about. So until then, thanks for listening, take care, and mon the caps. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.